0: Welcome to More Business, More Life podcast. I'm your host, Steve Napleton. This show is for C-level executives, entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants, and speakers who have found success, but they don't have the life that they want. On this weekly show, we're going to be talking about business skills to have more business while we design our ideal life and have more life. More business, more life without sacrifice. Welcome to the show. Welcome to More Business, More Life podcast. And today I'm blessed to have Leticia Reyes from 109 World here with me. And we're gonna be talking about how gratitude changed her life and, and noticing what was she was meant to do. And now she's helping so many people uh, find that uh, mindfulness and gratitude and be able to have more of the life they want. So, so excited to have you, Leticia.
1: Thank you so much, Steve, for having me.
0: It's, it's my pleasure. Like when I meet people that are like-minded and this show being all about more business and more life, the fact that you're running retreats and helping people get away from the daily grind and even just, you know, notice their body, notice their energy and how they can show up in the world in different ways is a beautiful thing. So right away, we knew we had to have you on the show. So.
1: Yeah. It's an honor to be connected and to just be a part of this movement together. I know you've been doing that for quite a, some time now. Um, so nice to, to be here and let's chat.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's do this. Yeah. We, um, I mean, Probably we should have had a microphone on our last couple of calls because we're just like all into it. right? <laughs> I what know. I, it's, so, how, so I guess, you know, I'm curious, um, you know, now you've been running retreats for how, how many years now?
1: Five years, so it's not that long, but yeah, we've supported over 500 individuals that have been part of our programs that we run every year, Um, and we're super excited to continue supporting more and welcoming more. It's so nice to see this big difference in the world of big organizations, big players seeing the importance of bringing mindfulness and taking care of their employees, of their teams mentally and emotionally, not physically, not only physically anymore, so um, it's nice to see those conversations being part of like kind of everywhere now. um it's exciting to 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 be a part of this now, yeah
0: it's it, you're right that we're gaining momentum and like you said, part of this movement, like we're together, and the more of us doing it gets more exciting because we're all adding to the the vibration of this. I remember it' was over ten years ago, I want to say maybe it even was fifteen years ago. I worked with a doctor that was like cutting edge at that time. No one else was thinking this way, but he called it the triad. He said, you can be healthy. You know, we all talk about eating right and then movement, like working out. But he said at this time, and this is not that long ago. I mean, if you think about it, 10, 15 years ago, you know, many people were not being mindful, like, you know, having a meditation practice or a yoga practice. You don't have to meditate, but, you know, like, are you like walking in nature? Like there's many things that yeah. that create that but when you ha- but so you could eat right, work out every day and still die young like you could have stress so high that yeah. it uh fails the body. And so I love that you just brought up uh mindfulness. So how in your how do you integrate like if do you have people that have never done this before and they yes. come in and they have this experience like maybe share a little bit of that 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 change that people go through when they come to your events.
1: Yeah, yeah. I Totally. I would love to share. So we do have a lot of people that either they think they've been practicing mindfulness, either because the organization offer you free yoga classes every week, or because they have a meditation app on their phones. Um, And and that's great. You know, if you started on that path, even though it's not consistent, or you or a practice didn't stick to you uh, yet, uh, that's great that you started. But we also have people that are just like, what is this about? Why is everybody talking about it? Before we had more people that had some idea of what the mindfulness space felt like and could look like for them. And now because, again, the conversation is more out there. People are more curious, so they're more open and saying, okay, what is this about? It's, it sounds too woo-woo for me, but I'm, I'm willing to, to experiment. So they come on a trip because, and we did that kind of on purpose. Um, we have different aspects to attract people, but the ultimate goal is how do we teach them practical tools that they can go back home and apply in their everyday lives um, that is mindfulness, that is self-development. And then um, how do you put that into service to your family, to your partner, to your community? Um, so when they come on our trips, we create in very well, I must say, a week together uh, where every single activity that we are going through is... Um, is intentional. It's either for self discovery, either is for sharing something that you, if it's been buried inside you for a long time and you didn't want to tap into that. So we create safe spaces and activities to explore a little bit of that too. Um, so everything is well created. We are offering tools. We are then at the same time that we are experimenting, trying, exploring these tools, these activities during our retreats, we are then showing them how can you replicate this back home. You don't need to be in a retreat to feel this bliss or to. Feel that you're safe being vulnerable. How can you practice all of that back home immediately when you go back? Um, so that's a big. What we do with 109 is come. We want to either have you rediscover what mindf- mindfulness looks like for you, or discover what mindf- mindfulness could look like for you, um, and how can uh, you then just replicate this back home? So you don't need to be on a retreat. You don't need to be removed from from life because. That's, I think, what makes hard for people and what makes mindfulness look so far away from them to reach is, oh, yeah, of course it's easy to be in that thriving mindset if I am on a beach, a remote beach in Mexico, right? And everybody here is on the same goal and in the same mindset of self-discovery, nourishing yourself, and then um, just feeling that thriving energy instead of the surviving energy that's, I think, what we are most all the time in. So um, so that's what we try to do. Either if you know about mindfulness or you don't, we try to introduce you to a, a practice that it will be as easy as possible for you to replicate back home.
0: That's beautiful because it is in the daily practice. If it if is. it has to have certain exact thing, then it makes it more difficult for everyone to, to practice it. And we get, you know, especially much of the world and especially in the United States, we get caught into the grind and then, you know, what I found as I started my practice and now it's been over 10 years that I've been meditating every morning and it, um, and sometimes, and then sometimes in the evening, I don't have like a uh, consistent evening meditation, but I have been meditating before when I finish work kind of thing at the like the end of the afternoon, before mm-hmm. I go to have more family time, just having that, that time to reset myself. So inside the, the point I want to piggyback on what you're saying is that uh, for me, I was a workaholic. I, I I was always going, 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 and I never gave time for myself. And in that time, I, I realized how much wiser I was and how many better decisions I made because I slowed down and like listened to myself. And it took a little while. Like first, I just had to relax. I mean, like some of us don't even do that. You know, like maybe you give yourself a massage once a month and people don't even do that. Right. I mean, just yeah. so many things. Um, it's 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 also part of recovery right i mean
1: exactly and
0: and you need to do that every day if you bought a phone and you get a brand new phone or whatever and then you never charge it it doesn't matter how new the phone is or how awesome it is it will only last about a day
1: yeah it will never reach its full potential right of all the things it has to offer yeah. Right. Yeah. I love what you said in terms of, I think, and it's a big thing that we talk about with our community too is giving yourself permission and going to the root of why am I having such a hard time to give myself permission to. Just not be productive today, you know, and, and and just tune in and see how am I feeling or not even doing that, you know, just being in pause. There's so much power in the pause, right? There's so much to do with the pause
0: too. It's, it's um, so amazing. And even just picking on that word productive, you know, it's an oxymoron, right? Like you feel like if I'm not, if I'm being mindful or I'm meditating or I'm not doing anything. Mm-hmm. right? I even talk with my kids about that. Like, oh, what are you doing? Nothing. I'm like, well, how are you doing nothing? Explain that to me. You know, and then we talk about, oh, you're sitting there. Oh, that's something. Oh, you're breathing right I now. That's, that. something. you know, just getting them into that, that there's no such thing as bored really. Like if you actually focus your energy and the whole point that I wanted to just quickly make is I have uh, found so much productivity in the stillness because I come back to work uh, and this is one of our goals. I don't know if I told you, our mission is to have all companies work less than 40 hours a week mm-hmm. you know, because, because it's not about time. We, we've we gotten so much into hourly wages and what are you worth per hour? And and even what are yes. you worth? What's your net worth goes right to financial, which is all really not true because what our worth should not be measured on money or time. Mm-hmm. And I, this is my belief, right? And that yes. if we If we, if you actually do this, the more, and I've worked with CEOs and I get them to take time off and then, and, and get them to start breaking their work week down into a more uh, reasonable area where they can fully recover and have time for themselves and bring the mindfulness in. And then this is what happens with the They go, I'm like, hey, how's it how's it going? Oh my gosh, Steve, it's amazing. I'm making better decisions. The company's revenues up because I did this and this. I would have never thought of that if I didn't take that vacation. And uh, I came back with all these new ideas and da-da-da. And it goes on and on. And I'm like, oh, awesome. So uh what do you think about having all your staff have this experience? Yeah. And then it goes like, oh, I (laughs) get I get it, right? Like the those that are wise enough to it, they they get it. And you know, um, more hours does not equal more productivity. Doing things does not equal more productivity. Um, and and we're just picking on this word, but I find it very, pro- like I will not do it. Even this morning, I don't even know why I turned my phone on, but I, I keep it on airplane mode my whole morning. And then I had to check something and it was offline. So, I turned it on and then there was a message and it was like, oh, can you make this uh, meeting? And then, like in the old days, I would have like, oh, I better grab that. But I put my phone back on airplane mode. I did my whole thing. And then everything worked out. Like when I finally yeah. came out of my meditation, <laughs> turn my phone on, they're like, oh, we figured it out. Dah, dah. And I would have like interrupted my whole thing. Mm-hmm. And and then then I wouldn't have been as present with you on this podcast or whatever else I need to do t- today. You know, yeah. so I just I f- I just put extra effort. That's I, like why you and I hit it off because this is what i found to be true. And I know you have as well so so i guess i'm curious because i like to break this down to help those that have not so so those people that are listening to this and they've experienced this they're going yeah this i know know what you mean but there's gonna (laughs) be a lot of people listening to this they're like what the hell are they talking about how do you achieve this i i could never have time to meditate are you crazy um what uh what would you what's like a first step like how how can someone you know that's listening to this right now like just add a bit, a bit of mindfulness into their, into their life.
1: Yes. Um, well, first I love the work you do. I love that you are reaching to CEOs and executive leaders because I feel they hold so much power to make that change that we are all needing so much. Right. right? I think we've been looking for answers, uh, from healers and, you know, uh, you know, people that are in the mindfulness space for a long time. But I think, um, it lies in the feet of executive leaders as much as healers to make that shift in the world. So I love, I love, absolutely love the work you do.
0: it's Um, the, it's the, it's the reason we chose leaders like what we do. mm -hmm. And thank you. I've, I thank you for your kind words. I, I, um, we, ch- we can help many people, right? Yeah. And it doesn't mean that we close our doors in any means. Like we help many people, but we focus on leaders on purpose for exactly what you said, because it's going to have, I'd love to see this change before I die. Yeah. And in order to do that, to have, you know, mass change, then we must work with leaders. So, you know, C-level executives, entrepreneurs, other yes. coaches, consultants, uh, people like you, like us all working together, we can grow this exponentially and have that ripple like that stone when you throw it in the water and it just ripples out is going to happen far faster if we work with leaders and that's yeah, why our absolutely. that's why we chose to 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 do that so yeah, yeah so yeah. well pointed out thank yes, you thank course. you for noticing <laughs> so <laughs> back course. to the question yeah so we um So I'm looking for those small moments, like those first steps, because we all have to take – actually, you know what? Let's bring it back to a personal moment first. What was your first step? I mean, were you always this mindful? Like you you, you were meditating when you were born or what?
1: (laughs) No. I wish you can do that. Uh, Probably, as honestly, nowadays. Um, Maybe if you're born
0: to a monk and parents (laughs) that were – they were meditating and, you know, they had yeah. me in a meditation.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. No, but I can definitely share when was a pivot moment for me. And then I can share um, a way that we found to make it more digestible for people. If they're thinking what should be the first step, I can share a little bit about that as well. But for myself, um And I I feel like half of the world will identify with me. It's been like, I always been a big planner and I'm planning everything. I know exactly how my life is going to be. And I know what next step should be. Um, Of course there's uncertainty and all of that, but I have that plan in my head. Right. Um, And I am accomplishing. I'm not saying like I'm super successful, but like the next thing, great. I got the job that I wanted, you know, in foreign affairs. And then I'm like, seeing like the behaviors and the routines and how people in because I always wanted an impact job I always was like I want to be someone that's going to make a difference in someone else's life it doesn't need to be millions of people but people that I directly work with or that I serve um, I want them to have their lives a little bit better because I had the job that I had so that was my plan right I need to leave a life according to that um and as a context, I'm Brazilian. So I don't know if like being in a country that is full with diversity, you know, and, and, and different realities and injustices, maybe that influenced me a little bit. I don't know. But as, in my pursuit of impact, either it was working with embassies or with big corporations or big impact movements, I saw this one trend that was everybody was giving so much of themselves to the world. And when they got back home, they were kind of i don't know if i can say a piece of shit <laughs> they were not they were straight up not treating their family their coworkers their community as well, as they were treating everybody else the let's suppose the, the the population that they were supposed to to create impact for, and for me, that was so hard to to understand. I was like wow it's like it's taking one step forward and two steps back right You are wanting to create impact you 're trying to serve other people, but back home you first are your worst boss. You're not treating yourself with love and compassion and empathy like you do with everybody else. And the people closest to you are the ones that are suffering too, because you're so exhausted. You're so frustrated, exhausted, burned out. And definitely we all know, we probably have small stories that people closest to us are the ones that suffer right from it. Um, So I started seeing that it doesn't matter how impactful your job is. Your organization is, if you are continue to be your own worst boss, and your family's or closest friends worst friend <laughs> uh it, it's not gonna the change that you want to see in the world is not gonna happen you know you can't not pour from an empty cup we say that a lot and so you it's hard for you if you're like exhausting all your energy um to just be that thriving person that Compassionate person, empathetic person with everybody. So you need to take care of yourself.
0: It's it, right. Taking care of yourself is so important. I just want to interject the thing here, and maybe this will expand this more, mm-hmm. but it's uh that whole cliche thing you have to love yourself before you can love anyone else mm-hmm. is said so often and so overlooked. And it's so true. And even the whole thing about being selfless, we're seeing so many things in the world. And even like you're saying, you have, you know, People going out and they're like, you know, having that selfless thing and they're giving so much that they're draining themselves that then they're hurting others and themselves. Yes, exactly. And it, I always bring it back to the easiest analogy we have is when you're, we've, you know, I think everyone on this podcast, we've been on a commercial airline, but when you are, if that air mass drops, you're supposed yes. to put it on who first? Yeah, exactly. Yourself, because if you're on the floor passed out, who can you help? <laughs> exactly. and, and, and then, even before that happens, who else may, may you be hurting? One of the best things we can do for the planet and the people around us and the people we love is take care of ourselves, right? If you take Ooh. care of yourself, then you actually have more ability to share with others. And I think that comes back to that saying. That you cannot love others until you love yourself because once you love yourself then you're gonna like you, then you're gonna be a cup overflowing right it's like oh i have extra here you have this you know and yeah. and you know it and i i just reflecting on myself i notice like people say that to me they're like wow you have so much energy how much coffee did you drink i'm like none i don't drink caffeine <laughs> and they're like what you're lying and i'm like no i'm not because i'm recharged because mm-hmm. I took that time. Now think how much more abundance I have to give because I don't need someone else to fill up my cup. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I took care of that already. Now let me give you more. So mm-hmm. I, I just, I, so I jumped in on this, but I had to, no,
1: yes, thank I got you. excited
0: and I just had to, uh, you know, share that it's so important what you're saying here. And, and, um, and, you know, we, uh, one time there's a story that, uh, and piggyback back to you is that. Um, you know, sometimes when I'm, I speak and I go behind the stage and people that I used to look up to, I was really sad when I went behind the stage and the show that they were putting on the stage was not what was behind the, the curtain, you know? And it was yeah. like, Oh, that's you. It, it was out? like yeah. stab, stab. I was like, Oh, so sad. And then, uh, one other speaker I saw and I forget his name. I, I, uh, there's just like a passing through the wind, but it's a memory that, you know, just sticks with you. Mm-hmm. Um, that he was, he one time brought his daughter to his speaking engagement, and then he did his speaking engagement like even more full than normal cuz his daughter was there but he was like giving it his all and doing his performance and then when they were in the car driving driving back to the hotel after the speaking engagement his daughter said hey dad um thanks for bringing me but i'm i'm just really curious how come you don't act like that at home yeah that is like oh my gosh and he was like got in tears when he was telling the story cuz he's like I didn't realize I was giving all my life outward and the person people that meant the most to me, I wasn't giving them my all.
1: Yeah. How often does that happen? Right? Too, that too in often. our own practice, whatever that is, we are talking about mindfulness or just a speaking engagement or your job, um, how how different you are, you know, back home. It's like it's how can we tune into our intuition in both scenarios and tune out from expectations? Because if you went home, we're like tuning into intuition and, and out there we are tuning into expectations. And that's why it's so different, you know, because there's no way that what you think people are expecting from you is inside your true self right and it's and then it's it's just gonna conflict and people will see it and he's lucky enough that his daughter called him out because a lot of us go on living forever without nobody saying anything and then we are on our bed like dying saying oh my god i lived someone else's life and expectation this whole time and that happens and i know sounds cliche as often as more often than we think you know um and
0: that's- our elders are screaming at us love yourself right like why do we hear this all the time because other people are like listen to me they're shaking their kids hello I messed Thanks. up love yourself first and then we're like so we're heard it so many times like a broken record and we're like yeah yeah dad yeah yeah grandma yes. and then um We're not
1: talking to them. We're not asking them, you know, and they have like so many answers and so many lessons for us to learn. But no, we're in the grind. We're like, no, we need to accomplish more. I need to be more. I need to experience more. I need a better partner. I need a better job, a better uh, position all the time, all the time. You know, there is a Buddhist saying that um, enough is plenty. And I think that is so powerful because the moment that, and usually a big tool platform to reach to that, to this is, um, uh, mindfulness is a tool, a platform for you to reach to how can I feel enough is plenty for me. It's, you know, it's realizing when you start having practices, when you develop a practice that works for you, um, you're going to start seeing that what you have is not enough. It's like more than you think, you know, more than you, you've you been expecting. And that more that you're reaching for is not something that you need. You know, it's outside world, it's other people's expectations. And, um, and we need to do more of that. Otherwise, we'll be living two lives. We're going to be two humans. And it's impossible to – it's already hard to be fulfilled with one, <laughs> you know, being one human, one person, living one life. Imagine two
0: right you yeah know? it's it's um it's so on point with what what we believe and you know and even just to take a point like this show is called more business more life and you know the and i believe everything that you're saying right now and the reason we do this is because I'm also a marketer and I want to make change. And I know that people are attracted to more, you know, and so I'm calling myself out on this, right. And just putting it out there, but because when, as a teacher, I realized this cause I didn't know this all, all the time. Uh, when, when when you meet someone, you have to meet them where they are. And so when I first came, I'm like, listen to me, you got to do this, you got to do that. And this goes back to mindfulness. We could be like up here and I'll tell you, I was so scared the first time I did a group meditation at one of my events. I was like, what are they going to do? And barely anybody had meditated and even one person walked out for religious reasons. I was like, oh my God. And I was manifesting this because I was like, yes. I I was scared. So I was putting that energy out there and those people came into the room. It's it's crazy, which is a whole nother subject. But I- yeah as I created this, it's like, okay, let me show you how you can have more abundance. We say more business because that's the word, because you have to, yeah. words matter, right? So we meet exactly. people where their map is, give them what they want and then teach them what they need. And, and so really it's that more life part. That's why it's more business. more So I am including it in there, but I'm also meeting them where they are and then bringing them where they, where, where we go. And that's why my tagline is choose gratitude. I, I think that's the word, for me, piggybacking on what you're saying that helped me because I wasn't always that way. I was, I was actually upset with myself. I wasn't doing enough. I was failing even in my mind. I was failing my family. I wasn't this. I wasn't that. And when I finally met my mentor in the first meeting, he saw this, how much I was beating myself up because I hadn't reached my goals the way that I wanted to and in the time that I wanted to. And he ran me through an exercise that showed me how good I had it Mm-hmm. And it was in that moment that I found gratitude that I had not had since I was a little kid. And mm-hmm. I realized how awesome it was and how far I had come. And I don't, without that, we can't spring forward. Like if you're, if you're crapping on yourself every day – beating yourself up. How do you have the energy to, to do the goodness, the awesomeness, the things that you're meant to do in the world. And that's why for me, it starts with gratitude, choose gratitude, create freedom, right? It's yes. It, so you're just speaking right to our brands. So that's why I had to like interject. It's like, this is, um, this is to me, truth. Yeah. right? This yeah. is,
1: it is definitely. I think, uh, and it's, a lot of people might think and you might have addressed this in a podcast before, but it's easier. It's easy to, to talk about gratitude, but then how do you actually practice it right every day? Uh, And that's the same conversation around mindfulness that we were having before. Like, how do you make it your own practice and something that stick that will stick? Um, And I think that's um, what is lacking out there. And I feel you Steve do it so well is like, offer like practical insights and steps or maybe exercises for people to explore. It doesn't mean that your practice, the one that your mentor did with you to see how much you already got, you know, to be grateful for everything so far that led you to where you are right now. Um, it it might have, have helped to you, but it might not be the answer for other people. And I feel that's one tough spot to be in this mindfulness space. Is people are expecting this one formula that right. will work for you. They're like, "I'm gonna do this course, and this is gonna make me feel more grateful every day." And you're like, "Um, let me know which course is that one, because I'm gonna yeah, take yeah, it well,
0: <laughs> it's the pill that everyone's looking yeah. for for diet for mindfulness, and you know, it is a practice. I'm with you. It's yeah." It's, exactly so let's pause real quick and take a break and we'll be right back i just want to give a big shout out to pro audio voices they help me with all of my podcasts And Becky and her team are just amazing. I've known them for years even before I started my podcast and that's why she was my go-to because not only does she help me sound great and produces the podcast so it's easy for me, I can do what I do best. I do the speaking and the interviewing and then they do all that background work to help get the podcast out there in the right way with the highest quality. But on top of that, what makes it most critical to me, for those of you that know me, wow, clients are important. Wow, relationships are important. And working with Becky and her team is definitely wow. I get an amazing experience. I get to work with amazing people, a lot of love and hugs, let's put it that way. So if you wanna work with great people and you wanna get a podcast out and you wanna let go of all the technology and the way that it's recorded so you can do what you do best, then you definitely wanna get a hold of Pro Audio Voices, and it's ProAudioVoices.com and you'll be able to reach Becky and her team and be able to let go of all that stuff so you can do what you do best and then delegate the rest. I just had to start with what am I grateful for today for like one minute every morning on the side of my bed. I just made it a thing that before I get up and even if I sat up, I would just lay there or sit up and I would just... Uh, Gave myself five permission to have five minutes, and, yeah. and this is how I started. This is how I started meditating. I I, yes. I was so go 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 go. I couldn't even sit still. I'm like, what do you mean meditate? And I thought it meant make your mind go blank. I was yes. like, you know, I oh, I'm, I can't do that. I, I I'm always thinking. My mind is going. I'm like, I can't I can't meditate. I was, that was the thing I was getting in my head. And so finally, someone told me just breathe, take ten deep breaths, and then ask yourself what you're grateful for. And that's how it started. And then I would just do that for five minutes I would just put a song on that ended in five minutes so I'd have like a timer that's it and that that was Mm -hmm. relaxing and then I would get up and go and that um that's the simple way I started and that this comes back to that question I was asking like what's the simple thing for you I don't know like maybe was it your starting point or like what 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 is the simple way because I think that's what you're getting to your point is like it doesn't have to be some big grandiose thing you don't have to meditate for an hour every day you know um yeah totally What's the first step for For you and then maybe what you recommend?
1: Yes. Uh, And we were just talking about not having one success success formula, but mine is very similar to yours.
0: Uh, So we're Uh, just piggybacking.
1: (laughs) But, um, But I am someone that I need anything in my life for me to stick either with a routine or a healthier habit. I need to feel the effects of it right away. I'm I'm like, I'm not a long-term person. I'm not like, oh, meditate for two years and then in five you're going to be like in this whole crazy enlightened mindset. No, that's not for me. Like I need to kind of feel right after it. Um, So actually practicing gratitude is something that I immediately felt like so much love in my heart. And I mean it, you know, I don't want to sound too romantic. But as I, in the exercise I remember seeing online, someone wrote every week, something they were grateful for that week and put in in a jar and they could only open the jar at the end of the year. Because usually end of the year is when you're like, new year's resolution, what I'm going to do better and more productive and be more successful, whatever. Like I'm not a new, new year's um, resolution person. But that's the vibe, right? That's the energy at the the new year. Like you're right. not really reflecting on the past and saying, on the like thinking about the grateful things that happen unless something major happened in your life. And then of course you're going to remember those. So this person wrote a gratitude note like about something she was grateful every week and just opened the jar at the end of the year and read all of them in one day. And yeah. she said it was so powerful. And I was like, Oh, that sounds so exciting. And like one note a week, I can totally do that. You know? So, um, I did that and it was into, it was like two years and a half ago um that i'm saying like the practice for gratitude became part of my daily practice was that you know at the end of the year when i read it i was like Oh my God! I didn't even remember that. I would never in my life remember those things I wrote, and weren't the smallest ones. You know, it was not you know when I got a massive grant for my nonprofit. It was not when I built a school in a refugee camp. It was those were not the notes, and that's when I immediately saw those small things are not that small. You know, and they are the ones that make who we are, what our lives are, um, and that was a big sh- like mindset shift for me uh, and that's when I really started enjoying the small things and that I will I wanted to cherish them I wanted to show how grateful I was for the small things and that became a daily practice you know something I didn't have before um, that just simple exercise that I saw on the internet and I read books and books you know and been doing already the work with 109 but for gratitude I never had a practice into that and that really really helped
0: me that's but, funny that you yeah. said you read books and books and yes. did all these things. And then yes. this little thing, cause I just wrote this down. It's the only <laughs> note I've taken in our conversation right now, but we, I, I practice gratitude every single day, but I, we never have done this and I'm thinking with my kids and everyone, I'm yes. going to get a jar tonight and we're going <laughs> to start once a week. And then because we started a Yule thing around the holidays with the mm. kids and we basically, uh, the, you know so the day before the winter solstice we just wanted to add an additional tradition to our family especially since gratitude was so much and my wife looked up the yule log and I I don't know how she started reading about this but somehow it came into her space and then um, it was all about mindfulness so basically it was like closing out the winter solstice is that day before the shortest day of the year right so on the winter solstice it is and then for those three days and so I guess they used to have a celebration for like four days and everyone would just stop working they would reflect on the previous year they would like clear and then and move it into a clearing towards the new direction for the new year and then the day would start to get longer again coming out of out of the winter and so they have a yule log and you go find a yule log at this time you'd go in the forest and luckily we live in a forest so my son and I uh uh go and get get the log and then um, my daughters with my wife—they kind of like clear the house and kind of not like a spring cleaning, but you know, more of like an energetic clearing and yeah. just setting the tone. And then we kind of all say what we're grateful for and then carve it into the log, and, you know, like the the one thing. But now I'm thinking we're going to read the whole year before yes. we carve, and they can pick the one thing out of all of those 52 that are the most grateful for. Maybe I don't know. We'll figure yeah. this out. But then we put. Then we've done this now for uh, three years. Though. Yeah, I think this is the third year. So we uh you what you do is you you keep a piece of the yule log and then you burn it the next year with the other one. So you let it burn in the fire until it's got just a little piece left and you carry the the uh, tradition that is is so nice. you know, we just wanted to do something uh different and also I winter that was the time to reflect to to stop working and and we don't have the yin and yang as much as other cultures have had in the past. But, you know, you have this shorter day and and now we have all these lights. So, we just don't even uh, think about it. But before, you wouldn't burn candles. I mean, if you think about it, it's only been in the last 100 years. I mean, a little over, maybe 120 years if you were a wealthy family, then you started to have lights come into your house. But literally, you're, you would, when the candle burnt out that night, you would start to retire. And so that meant that we slept more during the winter. We reflected more. Yeah. So we were trying to find um, this moment. And, all, and look at this one. Look at how long I'm talking right now. I'm just realizing oh, this, this is, is how much we've thought about this. Yes. And I never thought about this simple exercise. So I'm super excited to add it. Thank it you. Is this is a skill. gift to me already. <laughs> so I hope you, everyone out there does this. Like one little note to yourself every week. Put it in a thing. I mean – you Everyone should be able to do this.
1: Yes, exactly. And another very interesting thing uh, that that exercise that least did to me was you start identifying patterns. So I started seeing that very similar things were making me happy, which made me write that gratitude note. So I started seeing things that, oh, wow, I didn't know for myself was – I had time to write some thoughts on my notes on, on the computer because my dream has always been to, to write a book. And I, to this date, I haven't written the book. But I started seeing that, like, just, oh, my God, I had time to, after walking my dog, I went to the computer and just recorded the notes, like, my thoughts in there. That was making me, my gratitude notes, I think, like, Thirty percent of them was when I had the time and wrote that note. It's like, "Oh, this week I had time to write my thoughts down." And then you're starting like identifying those patterns that otherwise you wouldn't that also not only make you grateful for it, you start like seeing, "I should do more of that. It's totally, I can totally write more down because that will probably lead me to the path of writing a book one day. Right. you know So also identifying patterns that otherwise you wouldn't. I think that exercise was really helpful. Um, it's and so and that beautiful. also yeah. And that leads me to just very quick, Steve, when you ask about things like practically for people, they're like, okay, but okay, the exercise could be a practical thing that I could do to start exploring what a practice could look like for me. But one big exercise, and it's so simple that we do on the one Oh nine retreats are uh, the habit shifts. Like how do you shift habits? Um, And we ask people to choose five habits that they think that could be something different it could be maybe something more aligned to their values or more mindful healthier and they put it down and then next to it we ask them to say how that habit makes them feel so oh I every and every evening I drink a glass of wine because it's my relaxation time it's like Good job today, you deserve this glass of wine. But for some reason, I could be do something else. I would like to be more mindful. Maybe it could be a meditation instead of drinking a glass of wine. So how does that make you feel? Oh, relaxation is the feeling connected to drinking wine. So what could I do instead of drinking wine that would make me feel relaxed and maybe even better about that habit? And those things it sounds so obvious and so simple that it makes so easier for you to shift habits and then in this case, and in this conversation, maybe you have a more mindful habit, you know, can the drink, the, the glass of wine become a meditation? Can me take, get it, grabbing my phone first thing in the morning to check the news? Or if somebody sent me a message, maybe I find out that the reason why I do that is because I want to feel I have control over my day. I know what to expect expect during my day because I read all the messages all the emails the moment I opened my eyes is there another thing you could do that is maybe healthier and more mindful that will still make you feel with control in your life you know that you've got the day you know what's going on out there and that's a really powerful exercise that we see that people they don't even realize the feelings that are attached to those habits but that's what why we have habits in the first place right is how do they make us feel uh if we don't our habits usually are not things that make us feel horrible, right? We're not right. going to be like, I'm not going to fight. Today, I'm going to fight with somebody. It might be that you might feel good about it, but most of us don't. So yeah, the right. habits are feelings that are positive or that we think are positive for ourselves that will make us feel good. Um, so we can have 100% control in changing them once we approach habits with feelings. What is it's, the feeling attached to that? And then change to something else.
0: That's That's so so beautiful said you know it's like um you know it's like someone even calling themselves an alcoholic it it ties it to their identity instead of saying oh i'm a human that drinks mm-hmm. you you you're separating the two so that choice becomes available that's mm-hmm. what i just heard you say and that's that is so uh beautiful and it is so easy so if you start with one to five you know like uh, even if you write those down like leticia is saying just Pick one to start with, just one thing. If you could, you know, change one thing out, and it, it it brings up another story for me. Like one time, these two women they were very successful. They had like over a forty million dollar company, and they were both making a million each. And they came into my office, and they and I was like, oh, you know, what's you know, I kind of knew what they wanted, but it came out really quickly. They're like, yeah, we we each want to make two million. We want to double our our personal income, and that means we probably have to double the business and you know, that's why we want to work with you, Steve. Like, let's figure this out. Right. And, <clears throat> and then I, I just asked the simple question. I'm like, and I'll never forget this day. Cause it was just so profound. I was like, what will having that do for you? This, this $2 million. And then the, one of the partners, she looked down and I kid you not, she looked up and she's like, you're right, Steve. And I didn't, I didn't, just, I, didn't say anything I didn't say anything. She's like, I don't need more money. I need more life. And I'm just thinking that the 2 million is going to, so it's that whole equal, like the mm-hmm. glass of wine is going to equal relaxation. 2 million is going to equal that I have my life. And most often we prematurely attach something to a result that may not be the answer, or maybe yeah. it's part of the answer. Like maybe that glass of wine does relax you but it's not giving you all what you want otherwise you wouldn't have brought it up right like maybe I don't want that glass of wine well if that little bit is there your intuition is telling you it's like knocking on the door
1: yeah
0: hey you might have a different choice here and so it's just awesome and I'm just again we're just echoing each other I think we're it's like we're in a canon we're like hello and you're like hello (laughs) we're just saying it different words it's so uh um beautiful what I found is at that question and I learned that from one of my teachers Carl Bukite um, and uh, it is well and actually Jeffrey Slater was one of Carl's t- students who taught me but then I did meet Carl later but uh, what will having that do for you is such a question that I think everyone should ask and whether you're journaling or whatever oh I want this what will yeah. having that do for you and then you actually get to the root of it which was what you were getting to that yeah. point is you know, why are you choosing that glass of wine? Like, what is the goal of that? What is the thing that you're looking for seeking? And when you know the root of what you're looking for, then all sort, all sorts of other choices could come into play because, oh, well, if you're looking for relaxation, what could you do? Oh, I could do so many things. So many
1: things. Exactly. Yeah.
0: It's so beautiful. Yeah, So beautiful.
1: And asking those questions and exploring those little exercises, they might not be itse- like the answer itself for you or the practice itself for you, but it will just start giving you inspiration and opening that space that we closed for so long to it- discovering what works for me and what do I actually need? Because that's another question that probably you get to ask a lot and people don't know the answer is like, what do you need? You know, What do you want uh, to live a happier, more mindful or fulfilled life? People are like, I don't know. Of course they know. We all know the answer, you know, but maybe that voice is just quiet, you know, and how do you uncover that to to make it louder again so you can follow its
0: instructions? And you know what you're doing with TCA? You're giving people permission to actually give themselves time because I find a lot of times they don't know the answer to that because they think about it for a moment and then they get off to work or go get mm-hmm. the groceries or whatever it is, you know, so... They're not you're, and that's what's so beautiful about the retreat. It's giving them permission, and so maybe at the first they need a retreat, but like you said, then they yeah. can give themselves permission every day at home, and you don't have to have this. Um, so, it, so what a gift you're giving the world, and and Thank it's you. awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. So what what were you doing before all that? Like what you know? I'm just curious. I always get curious about mm-hmm. the transmission. So you've been doing 109 uh for five five years years. now so what was what was before like what because just to pick on that point of transition you're doing something else in your life and then you're like oh my gosh I'm I'm gonna do this like so what was it like before you you set on this quest to help people yeah
1: yeah well like I mentioned before I always wanted a work that would make people's lives that a little bit better at least um so worked um, right before 109, I was working with this incredible foundation called the Holt Prize Foundation. And they are the largest um, student competition for creating social businesses. So they are partners with Bill Clinton and Bill Clinton would choose a social challenge every year. It could be food security, chronic diseases in urban slums, um, could be the refugee crisis. And then they will launch a call to action to all students in the world. Only thing you need to be enrolled in school um, to uh, submit a business idea that would help alleviate that problem Um, so I worked with them for almost four years and a half and it was honestly I learned so much and definitely was the biggest inspiration for me to start 109 because I never thought um, I never considered myself an entrepreneur For some reason, even though I wore all the hats possible in the foundation and helped in so many different uh, ways, but never saw myself having my own organization and then seeing students like so passionate, so driven um, and seeing that kind of that's all that takes, you know, to, to, to create something. Uh, I was like, Oh, maybe I can do that. That so that was always in, in the back of my head. Uh, But then it was just seeing that those students that were working so hard to create a business solution for the massive problem that was imposed, like, put in front of them and seeing so many public organizations and private organizations, big names out there doing incredible things for the world, just seeing them coming together, trying to make the world the more balanced and just this one. But kind of like you said, the speaker, you no, know, behind the curtains, I was like, ooh, that's who you are. That's how you treat people. That's why you think about people that work with you. I was in shock. I was like, oh wow, can you actually is that a norm? Can we change that? Because that's not working, you know, out there on that stage or in that panel, or event or field trip, they are incredible and revered and so admired. But back home, you know, at the office, they're just, you know, not kind, not compassionate not understanding. And I was the one on that end, you know, I was not receiving the same amount of understanding and compassion and empathy that other people were. And I was like, what's the difference? You know, like we're all here trying to bet everybody's lives better. Um, it's not like a competition who deserves more. You just need to treat people equally, you know? Yes. Um, and that was a big like shift for me. It was a, like a revelation, you know, it was like, do this we actually bring that realization to more people because for sure like you said they would do much more you know when people ask you see why you have so much energy you're doing so much you have so many incredible initiatives but that's because you know you you have that centered you have that very strong foundation and grounding who you are and how you should be putting that all of that self-development self-knowledge self-love into service around you you know everywhere around you not in a specific like group of people Right. Um, so that was for me, like seeing that happen with young students, you know, with big personalities in the private space, in the public space, um, seeing how that was just a trend, you know, kind of a norm. I was like, mm, this cannot do good for the world. Right. <laughs> so how could I try to be in a space that could help change that? And I found mindfulness to be one of them That's- because I saw that the reason why they were not treating everybody you know, ki- kindly was because they were not treating themselves kindly.
0: Right. It starts with the reflection. Um, it's so, hands? it's oh. so amazing, uh, you know, that you're, you're noticing of this and, and it goes to, you know, when I, when my son was born, the, some, some, one of my friends said, Steve, become the man you want your son to be. Because he's going to watch you more than he's going to listen to you. And at that time, I didn't know that that came from Gandhi because that was where those words came from. Be the change you want to see in the world. And, and then I found another president. I can't remember which one it was. I'll have to figure this out because I've been quoting this more lately. But he said, as, as an old, a past president, like many, many years ago, but he said, I'm sorry I couldn't hear you. I was too busy watching you. And, yeah. and, you know, just all these things about, and this is the way that our children raise up to, they, they watch us more than they listen to us and they become the things that we didn't want them. It's like, oh, don't do what I did, but you're doing it, you know, so, so this reflection um, is so important that you're talking about. I'm just curious, was it a moment, did this build up over time or did you or did you see something, or something? Was it like one moment that you said, "Okay, I'm done with it. I want to make this change." I'm just curious. Is if we slow down, uh, what, what made the, what was the yeah. actual moment, if there was one? What,
1: yeah. yeah, there was one. Uh, I won't give so many details because I don't know if that would be cool to put out there. But well, yeah, just will, the gist yeah. of it,
0: I guess, to yes, see what made totally. the pivot so profound. You know? Yeah.
1: Well, I was just, I was someone that had, I felt so much passion in the work that I was doing, but I felt I didn't feel within me. And it was, if you look from the outside, it was a pretty, if you're someone that wants to be getting your hands dirty and working with people, that are really creating change in the world that everybody's talking about. That was a dream job, but I couldn't feel as a dream job in my heart. You know, I was, I was like, oh my God, I'm so like I'm not treated kindly here. I'm not, people are not appreciating the work I'm doing. I don't feel I'm seen. I don't feel I'm heard. So all of those things count so much. You know, at that point, it doesn't matter your job title. It doesn't matter the organization you work for or that you founded. If, If you're feeling that, there's a massive gap in there that needs to be filled and I couldn't see it be filled because of, the leaders leading the organization just not having that for themselves. So, why on earth would they see me? You know, why, why on earth would they hear me, see me, be more kind towards me? So, it was one day we were on a meeting, and I saw that. Um, one of my bosses were, he was exhausted, exhausted. I could tell like just his body language, his eyes. And I was like, "Mm, this meeting is not going to be fun. (laughs) Like most of them are not fun, but this is going to be extra not fun. Um, and we are sitting down and going through things that we need to do. And I did make a mistake and he just flipped out, he started screaming, and there was a glass wall right next to us. And he hits the glass door, the glass wall, and the glass wall comes down, breaking, on both of us. And I was so in shock that some that mm. could happen, you know. And I was so in shock that that was like the whole floor. Of course, you could listen. A whole glass do- uh, wall came down on two people, and people were just like, "Oh, yeah, that's that's what he does," you know. And I was like, um. Yeah, I'm I'm out of here. You know, yeah. I'm like this is this is not okay. This cannot be good for anybody. Um, and that for me was when I was just kind of you needed something that big for me that was big, you know, um, to for me to listen to my heart because of course I was feeling like that unfulfillment, that dissatisfaction, that unhappiness, that honestly seventy two percent that stats in the U S feels like about their job and their teams. Um, you don't really, you cannot really name it. You just feel that gap. You just feel like, oh, this is not for me. And you try to find reasons. And having that major thing happen was like, feels like my heart opened and like, you know, and screamed at me saying, so Leticia, this means that the fulfillment and happiness, you know, the, the satisfaction um, had to come in a physical, you know, form for you to, to really listen and name what those feelings were. So for me, it was when I decided that was not for me and I didn't want to be in a work environment, even though it was very impactful to the world and they do incredible things. It was just like, I don't think that's how anybody should be treated or feel like, or that should never be a company culture. (laughs) And it felt like it was. And I was like, this is concerning, you know?
0: Right. Um, Well, yeah, because our daily life is so important. And how can you live your best if you're in fear of that? So you're probably at best giving like fifty percent of the love and energy that you could put towards something, no matter how good the cause the cause is. And you know, I I often say it's like life nudges us. It's like those little internal voices saying, Hey, this isn't right, this isn't right. And then sometimes it has to slap us just for us to listen. And the more mindful I've gotten, and I'm sure you found this too, the quicker I notice, you know. Yes, you don't need those Terrifying
1: moments to tell you this is what you need to do, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. You get, because it's like any kind of um, awareness, you get better and better at it. It's like the first time you drive a car, you have to watch everything and you're like, how far do I push the gas pedal? <laughs> do I turn the signal? And you, uh, all that. And then, and then as you get older, you're like driving and you don't even remember driving. You're like, oh, I'm home. How did I get home? You know, yes. It's because it's, and that can happen with mindfulness. It's the same mm-hmm. thing. And I think as adults, It's probably important to say that I find this with so many of us as we become adults, we forget the learning. We forget the learning because, you know, whatever you did to become an expert or whatever you are in your career, you spent years doing this. And then we try something new and we try for one day or one time. We're like, oh, it's I, uh, I can't do it you know, and, and we don't learn like we did when we were young. If we did that at the beginning of our life, we would all crawl like you and I would be on the floor having this yes. podcast right now because <laughs> we're like, oh, we don't walk. Uh, I don't know how to sit in a chair because it didn't work. The first time I fell down, I just sit here on the floor now, you know, that's all I do. You I know, it, that. uh, that's, that's not life. So reminding ourselves it's okay yeah. to even make a mistake. You know, there's a company once that I was listening to, they gave it awards. They had a uh every uh lunch on Fridays that everyone who tried something and failed got an award.
1: Yeah.
0: Because they wanted everyone to try new things. It exactly. was like uh so so um so 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 beautiful. So yeah. it's uh, so just um beautiful that that uh and we're we're so lucky too like at uh, whatever age we are like you know no matter where you are you know what day is a good day to start choosing you but on exactly. that day you chose yourself over everything else knowing that you could give more to the world yes be, being you
1: yeah yeah thank you for connecting those dots yeah exactly it's and and again connecting the dots in terms why this whole mindfulness conversation people might be tired about this word from uh, of this world word but it's that's the importance you know it's like it's tapping into your intuition we talked on our last call like the intuition we call it our faster intelligence but it is you know it's it's there and you can listen to it when you when you get used to knowing where it's it is and how to get there um and we then can save ourselves those moments you know that are not very fun that are. Burning out moments that are unhappy or frustrating ones. I'm not saying you won't be frustrated anymore, that you won't burn out anymore, but I'm saying the pre- the the percentage will be way less. <laughs> for Every sure.
0: year, it gets less and less. Yes, it's a. That's why I always say um, we could. You and I could talk for hours here, but we. Uh, <laughs> It's minding your bliss, minding your joy. Like those are the indicators. Those are like kind of like the yes lights. Like yes, keep going. And and when it doesn't feel good, it's your body. It's it's um you know just like when you put your hand on uh, towards a fire, your body hopefully if it notices it fast enough will pull away before you touch the fire. Or if you touch the fire, you're without thinking you're gonna move away. And in a subtler way, these things that are happening in our life, the body is trying to tell us the same thing. This doesn't feel good. This doesn't feel good. Mm -hmm. You know, it's giving those warning signs. And- You know, if it's like this is hot, this is hot, and then you could put your hand into the fire, and then you're it's going to hurt. You know, so then you will pull away. That's the big moment, like we're talking about the glass breaking. So as you attune this muscle, this intuitive nature that we all have, you don't have to be a medium or like a sorcerer. Like everyone thinks you have to be like these things, but. But let's face it, magic is in all of us. And in fact, as you look at the etymology of the word, spelling, we spell words, spelling, Mm -hmm. we're casting spells with words and grammar means to conjure up. So if we actually look at magic, it's the words, it's the things that we're thinking. And if we're coming back to this mindfulness and it's okay that we said it a million times on this podcast, because if you are that, you will have more peace in your life and the pains will slowly go away because you will get better and better at this, just like everything else in your life. So, you know, giving uh, you what a beautiful story for you to share today because you gave yourself permission to feel right and yes. to take action for yourself. So I'm, I'm so happy you're able to do that. And I hope that this inspires others. And I know you already are. You're already inspiring hundreds of people and it will become thousands of people as you continue on this quest and help so many uh, more people. And so it's, it's, uh, it's a blessing. And so thank you. I extreme gratitude continue as I know you will to do this great work because uh, more people need this and, um, and, it, and it's beautiful what you're doing. So I'm, I'm so, I'm so grateful. And with that, how, how do people find you? Like, what's the best way that they can uh, uh, reach out and understand more of the work that you do?
1: Yes uh, so we um you can find us on our website 109world.com is 109world.com uh but if you want to experiment some of our teachings or workshops. We're always sharing um, a lot on our social media channels, Instagram. We're big on Instagram. <laughs> uh, our community is very present there. So if you want to just experiment what we all talked about here in forms of exercises or just food for thought, um, I think you'll have some fun and be inspired if, if you check our Instagram accounts, which is 109world all together.
0: <laughs> awesome. I'll be following. I'll be following. Yay. Yeah, it's so, so beautiful. Thank you so much, Leticia, for being on the show. And uh, we look forward to staying in touch and, and continuing our synergy between our, our two organizations. So thank yeah. you so much for being on the show.
1: Thank you for having me, Steve. And thank you for all the work you do. Really appreciate it and really needed.
0: Thank you. You're welcome thanks for listening to the more business more life podcast i hope you got value and if you did we have so many more things for you at com. you'll be able to connect with us on social media we are active you can ask us questions and then on top of that i want to give you a really big gift and it truly is we want to give so much value we have offering it's a program called clear path to customers it's the same way that we attract wow clients and only working with the right people the people we want to and it's transformed my business into millions more in revenue with the right people and my clients and we're doing it absolutely free so you can go to stevenoplaton.com and grab that you just got to put in your information we'll send it to you promptly and that again is on stevenoplaton I look forward to having you on the next show. Until then, remember, choose gratitude and create freedom. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top
1: business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.